Welcome to Crossed Over, the show where you hear stories of people who have been transformed by Jesus Christ, who have truly crossed over from death to life. Well, welcome to episode two of Crossed Over. I guess I'm your host, uh, Jeff Johnson, and I'm so glad that you have joined us today. Well, I want to know, I want you to know that we have a special guest today, the very first interview um, podcast, interview show, and it is none other than uh, Brother Chip Sloan. He is the pastor at First Baptist Church in Kings Mountain, North Carolina. That is also where I serve as the missions pastor, and I have been blessed for the last nearly 21 years uh, to serve in um, a ministry under Brother Chip. He is a mentor, a dear friend, a brother in Christ. And a little bit about him, um, he'll share more of his story in just a moment. He grew up in the Charlotte area, and uh, he has pastored First Baptist Church Kings Mountain since 1988, going on nearly 33 years. And I know this community and this church has been blessed by his leadership. Uh, before we get going, the interview, bring him in, in a minute. I do want to remind you, uh, those of you watching on YouTube, uh, help us out with the show. Uh, subscribe, click the subscribe button. When you do that, it helps us to customize the channel and also to help get the word out. If you happen to be joining us on Spotify or iTunes podcast, welcome to the show. Glad that you are joining, uh, even if it's only audio. Well, without further ado, I want to uh, bring in my pastor, our guest for today, Brother Chip Sloan. How you doing? I'm great. Thanks for this opportunity, man. I think this is a great ministry you have started because, yeah, I just love to hear how people crossed over, how they came to faith in Christ. So I'm looking forward to uh, sharing my story, but also hearing the stories of my other brothers and sisters. Well, we're glad to have you, and uh, you are our honored guest, the very first one that would be interview style, so no pressure on you. <laughs> well, listen, uh, you know, one of the things uh, that we want to do with this, with this show is to hear people's stories, hear how, how Jesus has really impacted their life. And uh, before we kind of get to maybe the Jesus side of your story, if you would, with the audience, share a little bit more of, about your childhood, where you grew up, what was it like uh, growing up in the Sloan household? Uh, share with us. Well, I was uh, born on April the 22nd, 1951. My home was at 2139 Camp Green Street in Charlotte, North Carolina. I can still remember my phone number, even though it was a long time ago. But it was a home that my dad actually uh, built, uh, contracted, uh, right after World War II. So uh, it was a uh, my home, my whole childhood. Uh, the Lord blessed me with two uh, sisters, uh, both older sisters. So I grew up as uh, as the baby in the family. But more than just my home, I mean, I was great raised in a great community. I mean, you could ride your bike anywhere. You could play kick the can, which is one of the games we played till late, late at night and not have to be afraid. You know, my parents weren't worried about me. It was just a, a great time to be brought up. And the Lord blessed me with good friends. Uh, they were not perfect. They were uh, sinners just like me, but they, um, 
you know, they weren't into drugs or alcohol or stuff like that. Um, so I, I really wasn't enticed in those areas. I was be bl I was blessed to um, be around friends that loved sports. And so, you know, from a young age, I was engaged in, in all of the sports. And I think that uh, God used that to keep me away from stuff that maybe would have been, you know, harmful for me uh, spiritually, emotionally, and physically. But God blessed me with great parents, uh, two wonderful sisters, great friends, and a wonderful community to grow up in. Well, uh, one of the sports that uh, you continually whip me at is golf. I know that growing up, you played some golf, and uh, you may share that a little bit later. But, uh, but before we move on to, to your little older years, if you don't mind, share a little bit about uh, the spiritual environment of the house you grew in and uh, what was uh, your, your involvement at all of church or with the Lord, uh, spiritual life in your house? Well, I wouldn't say that the faith was that uh, emphasized in my home. My mom now was a, a believer. She was a strong believer and she evidenced it uh it, in the fruit of the spirit, uh, I saw her read her Bible. She had her Bible and her Sunday school material on the table. Uh, I can remember uh, we had a, a door that led to a, an attic. And when you opened that door, my mom taped uh, our Sunday school uh, envelopes, giving offering envelopes to the to the inside of that door. And every Sunday morning, she would take out the envelopes and give us a little bit of money. As I got into my uh, you know, teenage years, uh, church wasn't mandatory for me. Um, my dad went to preaching most of the time, but not Sunday school. I wasn't forced to go and oftentimes chose not to. Uh, the truth of the matter is I, I grew up thinking that church was optional for men. Um, when I did go to church, it seemed to me that the uh, church was largely uh, directed by, by women. That's who I saw. The men that I admired on the athletic field, I didn't see in the church. Uh, my dad, when it came time to sing hymns, he would stand erect, but uh, he, you know, he, he didn't sing. I never saw my dad pray. So, you know, I kind of grew up with that same kind of mentality. Now, I will say this, when I, when I turned uh, 15, uh, during that year, uh, my mom and dad switched churches and they started going to Calvary Baptist Church. But again, I, I didn't go every Sunday. And one Sunday, uh, they went and joined. My mom, my dad, and my two sisters, they all transferred their letters uh, to Calvary Baptist. Well, I, I didn't think a whole lot about it. I never professed my faith, and uh, they just came back and told me that they had done it. Well, the next Sunday, I, I went to church with them, and it, it was, I think, the first encounter I ever had, really, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, Thurman Stone preached a, a message on the cross, and at the end of the sermon, he um, he offered an invitation that I knew that I should have responded to because I knew that I was a sinner. 
uh, they sang one hymn and then uh, Thurman said, um, you know, we're going to sing another verse of this hymn. Uh, and, and I know there's somebody out there that needs to respond and I hope they'll respond at, at this verse. So they started singing the other verse and I'm thinking to myself, uh, well, if, uh, if I still feel this way next Sunday, then I, I'll, I'll go forward. And Thurman stopped the singing. He said, somebody out there is thinking that they're going to wait till next Sunday. And I'm thinking, wow. So we sang a little bit more and I'm still battling the spirit. And, and I'm thinking, well, you know, I, I know, uh, Doug D. Shields is back in the back. He was a couple of years older than me, a football player, a person I looked up to, you know, as a young man. And I'm like, well, what would Doug think of me if I, if I walked down? Would he think I was a weakling and that kind of thing? And Thurman stopped the singing again. And he said, there's somebody out there who right now is worried about what other people would think of you if you came down and professed your faith. And I'm thinking, wow. Uh, man, uh, he's talking right to me. So again, they start singing and, and man, I, I couldn't stay in my, my seat. So I got up and I went down and I'm, I'm in tears because I know that I am a sinner and I, please don't think I'm not criticizing Thurman because I don't remember clearly, you know, what all happened. But the only thing I can really remember is the next thing I was standing in the, at the front of the pew and greeting people as they came and, and congratulated me. But I don't remember really, I remember admitting I was a sinner, but I don't really remember yielding my life to Christ as the solution to my sin problem. So in any way, I, it, it was a momentous moment. And I did mark that moment a, a few weeks later with baptism. But it wasn't long at all after that that my dad came in and announced that he had a job for me. And so having just turned 16 with a driver's license and a car that my grandfather had provided for me, it was an old 62 Ford Galaxy, big as a boat with uh, three speed on the column, but it was good transportation. And so dad told me he had a job for me working for a uh, a cousin, uh, Jack Hinkle, at Cowan's Ford Golf Club. And so here I am, uh, having newly joined the church, newly baptized, and I'm working at a golf course every Sunday. And so for me, um, from the age of 16 to 18, Sunday was a work day. Uh, it was a day when really I was around bad influences, a lot of gambling, a lot of uh, a lot of drinking, a lot of pornography and profanity. And boy, I I really picked up the uh, the profanity. So by the time I'm reaching the age of eighteen, uh, there's really not anything going on in my life spiritually. I'm cut off from the church, and I am. Uh, I'm obsessed with uh, with the game, not with my God. Hmm. 
Well, for those of us that are part of First Baptist Church, we know you surely talk a lot about Clemson University. <laughs> now, if my wife is watching this, she's a gamecock. She doesn't like she doesn't like <laughs> your, right. she doesn't like you influencing me for for the Tigers. <laughs> but uh, you know, I know that you know many many times you've shared how things really changed for you when you went to Clemson. And so, if you would, I know it's a huge part of your story. Uh, share how things change for you, particularly uh, when it comes to the person of Jesus. Share some experiences or connections with people worth noting that's a big part of your story. Well, I am a big Clemson fan. You can see my Clemson watch here. But uh, I was offered a, a golf scholarship to Clemson, which shows you how the Spirit of God works because I, I did not deserve that scholarship, but God used it as an appointment to put me in the place where he knew that I would, I would meet him and experience a real life change. So I go to Clemson and I don't know anyone except for two uh, upperclassmen. That's, that's the only two I know. And they weren't close friends. I just knew them. So I was, I was lonely. Uh, my roommate was, uh, played on the football team and he's at practice all the time. And uh, I really just was alone and I had some guys on my dorm. Uh, They were navigators. They used the material that's produced by the navigators and they invited me to a Bible study. Uh, So I went and the spirit of God started working in my life. Uh, It's kind of a long story about how I got my Bible uh, at Clemson. But let me tell you just kind of as quick as I can. When I got packing to go to Clemson, my mom put a a Bible in my suitcase and and I took it out and refused to take it. Because again, I I associated Christianity and the Bible uh, with weakness. The, The men that I admired, you know, they weren't associated with with the Bible. So I took it out when my mom insisted that I take it. I appealed to my dad and I can remember my dad saying, Kathleen, if the boy doesn't want to take his Bible, he doesn't have to. Well, we got moved into Clemson and you only had just a little bit of time to get your luggage and your uh, uh, possessions up into your room. And then uh, those who brought you there have to go. So my parents have helped me and they've gone I'm putting my T-shirts into uh, my drawers, and there is my Bible. (laughs) My mama had succeeded to get it to Clemson. And when I was invited to that Bible study, I I went and had to look for it, but I found it, and God began to speak to me uh, through that Bible. In fact, I read Psalm 42, verse 1, is a heart panteth after the water brooks, so my soul panteth after thee, O God. My soul longeth for the living God. And there at Clemson as a freshman, I surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, things really began to happen then. Uh, Things that were, of course, very positive in my life, spiritually. Wow, that's... uh... Uh, we, we, we share a little bit similarities in our testimony, the impact of, 
other believers and, and, and what goes on in a person during during that age, during college. Um, amazing story. So, okay, so you shared about uh, playing golf. You're on there at Clemson for a scholarship, uh, playing playing golf, and uh, you're now a believer. You're, you're a Christian. You follow Jesus in faith. If you would share a little bit about what uh, what changed in your life, what were um, you've now what we consider we talked about this crossed over from death to life. Share some ways that you grew as a Christian. How did you see the Lord really work in your life there at Clemson? You know, I I think I've shared this with you. I, I'm not absolutely positive when I got saved. Uh, my mom would swear that I got saved at sixteen at fifteen when I walked down that church aisle, and, and I do know that I admitted that I was a sinner then, but, but my life did not change. I wasn't transformed. Um, but after that freshman year at Clemson, that time of reading Psalm 42, verse 1, and truly yielding my life to the Lord Jesus Christ, everything changed. It was obvious to those that were around me that I had crossed over from death to life. In fact, I, I went home uh, for, for break and my parents, they had no idea that I had joined a Bible study, been reading my Bible, going to church, uh, anything. They didn't know anything that was had gone on in my life spiritually. So I, I'm there at home at Christmas break and, and I, uh, I'm in my bedroom and the door is closed and I'm praying because I'm sensing that God is calling me to preach and to pastor. And I'm thinking, Lord, that can't be possible. I, I really don't even have a church family. How can I in the world can I be called to be a pastor and preach the gospel? Um, And so I got out of my room after a time of arguing with God but hearing his voice so clearly, and I go into the living room, and my mom's knitting, and my dad's reading the paper. And mom says to me, Chip, what is wrong with you? Man, you have been acting so strange. And I said, Mom, no, nothing's wrong with me. I'm fine. And my daddy, I can, I can see him right now. He dropped the paper that he was reading, looked square in my eyes, and he said, I know exactly what's wrong with you. Now I'm thinking to myself, if anybody in the world knows what's wrong with me, it's not you. Because I didn't see my dad as a spiritual man, a godly man. Good man, but not a godly man. And he said, "Uh, if I tell you, will you admit it? And I said, yeah, I'll admit it. And he said, well, God's called you to preach it's, it's still most emotional to me today because I'm like, what? And my dad began to uh, to share. I mean, my dad had got hurt as a as a young young man in a church and had dropped out. And uh, yet, uh, unbeknownst to me, he was uh, a traveling salesman during the week. He 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 would read his Bible and stuff and. And he had even told one of his golf buddies that he knew that God had a plan for me and to to be a pastor and a preacher. And so when my dad told me that, I'm like, you know, in shock. 
But I will say this, I have never, ever doubted God's call. I can always go back to that moment. Now, there's one thing I, I have to admit is kind of negative about it. And that is that I believe the voice of my earthly father when I had been hearing the voice of my godly father. So I responded to the voice of the spirit of God really only because I had heard him speak through my earthly father. But things truly began to change after that. Uh, my mom bought me this Bible uh, and I began to read and teethe as a infant in Christ on the word of God. I came home uh, and didn't have a girlfriend. So I asked one of my buddies, I said, uh, you know, anybody I could ask out for a date? He said, well, ask Martha Doster. And I'm thinking, well, Martha, she's, you know, been going steady, you know, with, with this guy that we knew from, from school. He's older than me, but I knew him. And he said, well, they, she broke up with him. So I gave Martha a call. And my guess, the rest is kind of history. Here we are, uh, four grandchildren, three children later. But God began to... Uh, to use Martha because she was a she was a strong committed Christian. Uh, I knew her from high school. I knew her as uh, a cheerleader. I knew her as being very pretty, but I I didn't know that much about her faith. But I discovered that she was very active in her church, the Gar Memorial Church in Charlotte, and so she began to have a very strong influence on my life, and as did her mom. Her mom was actually an, an ordained full gospel uh, minister, and uh, she loved the Lord, and uh, I would often see her sitting in the, a swing outside their home, uh, reading her Bible, lifting her hands to the Lord, and singing and praising the Lord, and, and so she had a strong influence on my life as well. Now, because she came from a full gospel background, I came from a Southern Baptist background, there was a little bit of a theological issue about eternal security. But she even used, uh, the Lord even used that disagreement to center me and Martha in the grace of God. And we essentially studied the word of God together, and it was several years later, it was back in 1975, that we both became absolutely convinced in the eternal security of the believer. But uh, she helped launch me into a serious study of, the God, of, of God's word. So uh, from there, uh, Martha and I get married. We uh, are at Clemson University um, as junior and senior. And we, uh, we searched for a church. Uh, we visited several, but buddy, the spirit of God let us know the moment we went to North Anderson Baptist Church in Anderson, South Carolina, that that was a place for us. Uh, we ended up teaching a children's Sunday school class. Martha was the lead teacher and she knew all the all the you know Bible history and I, man, I don't know nothing about the Old Testament. So I learned a lot that way. But I was blessed to have uh, Reverend David Wilson as the pastor, and he discipled me. Uh, he allowed me to preach my first sermon at North Anderson Baptist Church. 
But before I could preach it there, I had to preach it to him on two consecutive Saturdays. And he checked me out on my theology, checked me out on the way I, I looked at the pulpit and the way I presented the scriptures and sermon. And he continued to disciple me and teach me how to witness, visited with him, uh, basically just discipled me. And, and I love Brother David Wilson uh, to this day. And then before, um, before I graduated, the Lord enabled me to have my, I, I, I was getting ready to say my first convert, but the truth of the matter is I can't convert anybody. But I was able to see the Lord use my testimony to bring Doug Agnew to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, he and Debbie lived just a little ways uh, down the street of uh, student housing from me and Martha. Uh, we had Bible study together. David, uh, Doug's life was radically changed like mine had been. And uh, man, he was enthusiastic about sharing his faith. And on Saturdays, Doug and I would go, uh, we'd go witness for the Lord, just go door to door. And so God let me see a life transformed. Um, and God let me see that he could use me to impact a, a life. And then uh, just before our, uh, our graduation, my brother-in-law, uh, Jim Cox, who lived with my sister in Anderson, South Carolina, just a few miles from Clemson, was diagnosed with uh, cancer. He was actually only given uh, a few weeks to live. Um, Jim had been a friend of mine from childhood, uh, older than me, but still we'd been friends. And Jim had kind of made fun of me about my profession of faith, my uh, decision to follow the Lord as a pastor. He'd kind of joked about it. But God used the cancer to humble him. And Brother David Wilson, my pastor, went to see him when he's in the hospital and led him to faith in Jesus Christ. And Jim's life changed. I mean, transformed. So again, I saw another example of this transform transformation. Jim went on to live for seven years, which was seven years longer than they thought. And during those seven years, he would become a youth minister. And he was uh, a great influence on young people as a youth minister and as a um, high school football coach. So things really wonderfully began to uh, happen as the Spirit of God worked in my life in those closing years of my experience in Clemson. In June 1973, Martha and I uh, took off for New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, where we would continue our studies and God would disciple us and bless us. Hmm. Well, thank you for sharing that. I never tire of hearing hearing that story of how God worked and moved in your life. And uh, kind of like my story, I know there perhaps a, a future episode down the road, we'll hear how God continued to just work a life into you. And uh, um, just so you know, you know, as a, as, a, as a friend and as someone who's, uh, who's worked with you for a long time, you have been an incredible influence in my life, and God has used you in my life. So thank you for that. Thank um, you. So thank you for being a guest today. Before we close, I, I do want to give you the opportunity, uh, because you know, truly, I don't know who's going to be listening. 
to these these shows, the podcast. I want to give you the opportunity, you know, uh, to to maybe offer a word of encouragement or challenge, perhaps to uh, to anyone who might be watching or listening to this today. Well, if you're searching for security and significance, then you can only find that in Jesus Christ. So I encourage anyone and everyone who's listening to me uh, to know that you can find security and significance in him. You know, I went back to, you know, talked about Psalm 42 verse one is a heart panteth after the water brook. So my soul panteth after thee, O God, my soul longeth for the living God. When I prayed that prayer, I didn't even know what a heart was. Now I know that a heart is a, a deer. But the only thing I knew was that I was that heart. And the Lord did not disappoint me. He is living and he showed himself to me. And he'll show himself to anyone who's seeking and willing to yield their life. I would say a, a word to moms and dads. And that is um, stay in the word. Stay in the church like my mom did. Keep planting seeds. Don't stop planting seeds. Share your love for Christ with them. And then I would, I would say to young people, I was really blessed in a great time. I, I think it was easier um, or not as many temptations as youth have today. But I, I remember and take to heart and challenge you young people with the words of Paul to young Timothy. And that is, don't let anybody look down on you because you're young, but set an example for believers in life, in speech, and in purity. It doesn't matter how young you are. Start right now. Give your life to Christ in serving. Listen, let me give you this advice. Stay away from bad friends. The Bible says bad friend corrupt, friends corrupt good character. And that is true. I've seen that over and over. Stay away from drugs and alcohol. Don't let peer pressure, don't let peer pressure influence you. Stay away from that. But keep moving towards the Lord and with him. And then I have to say, you know, as I look back on my life, my marrying Martha, dating her and marrying her was key to who I am today. So make sure, young people, that you are not going to be unequally yoked, but choose as your spouse that man or woman who will serve God with you. But over and all, I just say, fix your eyes on Jesus, and it'll be all right. Hmm, that's a good word. Good word. Well, it is time that we wrap up episode two of Crossed Over. Brother Chip, uh, thank you for being my friend, my pastor, and uh, influencing uh, so many people for the kingdom. And thank you for today joining us to share your story. Hey, it's been it's been great. You know, I, you know, John ten ten says that. Uh, the thief comes on and still kill and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life and have it to the full. Well, he's kept his promise with this guy. 
He has given me life to the full. Thank you so much. Can I pray for us as we close? Please. Father, we thank you so much for uh, for hearing how you have worked mightily in Brother Chip's life. Thank you for, for truly bringing him from death to life. And we, we know that you are a God who does miracles and you are so... Um, incredible with mercy and grace. Thank you for sharing, uh, Brother Chip, um, just hearing part of his story of how you've worked in his life. And Father, I know that even for someone who may be listening or watching, uh, that same uh, offer of your grace and love through Jesus is available to everyone. So thank you, Father, for his story. And really, his story is your story. And uh, we give you praise and thanks today in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Well, thanks again for joining us. It's my pleasure. Well, it is time that we close and wrap up episode two. Uh, what a wonderful story. So grateful for Brother Chip joining us today. And uh, before we close, I do want to say this. Uh, social media plug, shameless. If you happen to be watching us on YouTube, please help us get the word out by listening, liking, share, and subscribe uh, to either the podcast on Spotify or Apple Podcasts on iTunes, uh, but definitely here on YouTube for those of you watching. Uh, thank you for doing that. Help us get the word. When you share it, uh, we can continue to uh, share the good news of Jesus Christ uh, to anyone who's out there um, either watching or listening. And don't forget, as long as you have breath in your lungs, uh, you have hope. And can I tell you today that hope has a name, and his name is Jesus. Don't miss Jesus' words from John 5, 24, where he said, Very truly I tell you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life and will not be judged, but is crossed over from death to life. Thanks again for joining us. Until next time, keep your eyes fixed on Jesus. He is the author of life and life to the full. Take care.